Before we begin, somebody asked a question yesterday, and I actually came across it. Um, we were talking about a person uh, who didn't have a bris, who's called an oral, whether they can eat truma. That was the question, one of the questions we dealt with. We know that they can't eat the korban pesach, and the question was, can they, if a kohen never had a bris, can he eat truma? So the question was, we understand if it's a, uh, somebody who is doing something wrong that he can't uh, eat truma, but what if the, the, his brothers died before he was born and uh, the, the Rav said, don't give him a bris because it could be dangerous for him because he's got a medical uh, condition. Would that change? That's the question. Is he also considered uncircumcised? Uncircumcised means somebody who should be circumcised and is not. But uh, what happens if you're not allowed to, the halacha is you're not allowed to circumcise him, and he's a, a person who fears Hashem. So actually, it's an, uh, there are two opinions about that. It's a machlokis, Rashi, and the Rabbeinu Tam, his grandson, uh, about the oral, uh, the uncircumcised. Would that include a person uh, that um, was facing that situation beyond his control? Rashi, the first Rashi in the parak, he says, even if his brother died um, uh, because of a bris mila, and that's why he's, he's uncircumcised, Rashi seems to say that's no excuse. He's still considered uncircumcised. No truma for him. Whereas the uh, Tosu Shishanim here brings the, um, he brings the Rabbeinu Tam, uh, this, uh, on, it's on Ayin in the in the middle there, he brings the other opinion that, uh, he, he says, Inami Onesu, he's an Onus, meaning that it's beyond his control that he didn't have a bris mila. The Kimin Shenanus, um, and then since he's, he's an Ones, it's not considered like he's, a, uh, uh, as he's at fault, so to speak. And so then he's not treated, he's not, Torah doesn't, it's not talking about him. Just like a woman is not considered uncircumcised, uh, she never had a circumcision. So shouldn't she be considered uncircumcised? The answer is no, it doesn't apply to her. Right? Just if she's, uh, she's considered circumcised. So too, if a person isn't halachically allowed to have a bris, maybe he shouldn't also. So anyways, that's the debate apparently in a few places between Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam. Okay, we are on the last line of 70b. And we, uh, we mentioned yesterday that the word bow uh, uh, could be darshaned. Um, we had a few days ago, we had the debate about whether you darshan above. Uh, the question whether each word, what it comes to mean. Uh, we said the, uh, uh, well, we actually said it was in the middle of Amid Bey's, umalta osa az yochel bo, that, uh, that the, since it says in this, um, if he has a bris mila, he can eat, and if he doesn't have a bris mila, he can't. But for truma, uh, it's not going to hold him back uh, if, his, if all his servants don't have a bris mila. That, that, that's a particular pasuk. So we're saying that when the Torah says here, the word bo, we darshan it. So now the Gemara says, it's, if something is true in one place, it's got to be true in another. So hashta amis bo lidrash, actually two lines from the bottom on 70b. Now that we say the word bo here, you know, in this one, <laughs> is, is the Torah wrote it for a reason, now, obviously, the Torah writes anything for a reason, but sometimes the Torah uses flowery language or, or clear language that it, you didn't have to write it, but it's just the style to write it. 
it's sometimes, so we don't always know that we can darshan everything. You know, sometimes that's just the way people talk. It's not a, not necessarily coming to teach us something. But now that we're saying, yes, the Torah, if it uses that word bow, it's for a drasha. So what about the following? Kol ben necher lo yochel bow. Any son of a stranger, uh, any, any the word son of a stranger means that a person who's, who's not following Judaism, who doesn't have belief in Hashem, he can't eat the Korban Pesach. He has uh, the, the, the eating of the Korban Pesach is that you are, uh, you are um, eating it for Hashem. You are, it's as if the offering is being consumed by Hashem. And if you person is a Ben Necher, He's an Ovedeh. Usually it means he worships idols. He's not a believer in Hashem. He can't eat it. So why does it say over here, Lamali? Uh, isn't that everywhere going to be no good if your person is an idol worshiper? So the more explains, this is the drasha. Bo hamiris das posos. Over here, for Korban Pesach, you're in trouble if you're worshiping another religion. Uh, then the Torah says you're not allowed to eat it. Bo hamiris das posos but let's say a person is given miser. Miser, we don't, you don't, we don't take the belief check. That's not miser. It's not needed. Let's just see Rashi about this hemiras das, like giving up one's religion. Let's see the top Rashi. Hemiras das daito. And let's say a person gave up his religion. Now Rashi adds a few words. Vinisnakru maisov, and he 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 does strange stuff. <laughs> he does. It, Sometimes people, they, uh, in their hearts, they, they lose a little faith, but they haven't yet made the break. This guy made the break. And he rebelled against his father in heaven. He rebelled against Hashem, who, who loves him. So the Torah says, sorry, you're not invited. You can't, you can't eat uh, the Korban Pesach. But Maisu, you could. That's what Mora wants to say. Okay. Uh, that's uh, that's the, the second bow. So then the Gemara says, well, then it says, kol oro lo yochobo, lamaliu. It says, any uncircumcised, but what do we do with that one? <laughs> See, we opened up a whole new subject, all the bows, how do we darshan them? So the Gemara said, boeno ava ochu b'matzu moror. Guess what? He can eat matzah and moror. He can't eat the korban Pesach, but he can eat the matzah and he can eat the moror. So that's pretty good, by the way. Otherwise, we have to be careful who we invite to the Seder, <laughs> right? In other words, the, we're saying korban Pesach, they got to pass the religion test. They, you know, no idol worshippers can can join in. But for the matzah and moror, you want some moror, you can join in. We don't we don't have any religion test for that. That's why it says both. It's interesting. You know what the? They're also saying that the that the mitzvah part of the mitzvah, I guess, are uh, the uh, Pesach then. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Moror, so. Yeah, but it's uh, so. Uh, so again, this all came from the fact that we kind of said when the Torah writes bow, it's excluding something. And in each place, we're saying what is excluded. So we need to exclude the uncircumcised. And we also need to exclude uh, the person that's um, the idol worshiper. If the Torah only said you can't invite anybody who doesn't have a bris, because it's disgusting. We, we view somebody who's unbrist as being disgusting. He's an, uh, he's an imperfect person. But the person who uh, has strange beliefs, you can't see it on the outside. He looks the same as everybody else. Maybe you can invite him. The question is an internal sign or an external sign. 
because of called ben Necher, and if you just wrote that you can't accept the idol worship of Mishum, ain't libo because his heart is not to Hashem. So how can you have him celebrate Pesach with you? Avul oro, but the uncircumcised person, the libo shemayim, his heart could be to Hashem, emelo, so maybe I would say it's okay. Uh, so then the question is, um, what do we mean if he didn't have a bris? How can we say he's libo uh, so this would mean, I guess, uh, um, if, if it wasn't his fault or if it was for other reasons. Uh, yeah, we'll see more on that as we go. So then the more. So therefore, the bottom line is we needed to mention all of these things. Uh, so now that we're in darshaning mood and we've explained what we do with the word bow, what about the word mimenu? So mimenu, mimenu, lamili, there's an extra word over there. That's what we always wanted to know. So the Lord said that we're going to explain in a few pages of the Kedarava, uh Omar Rav Yitzchak, um, uh, uh, the Kedarava. It's, it's like the uh, teaching of Rava, which we're going to see in three days. Okay. Omar Rav Yitzchak, Omar Mar, Rav Kiva, Omar We quoted this yesterday. He says it's not needed to tell you that he's excluded if he didn't have a bris, because it says like this, Ish, Ish, Lerabos, Esa, Oro. It comes to include... Uh, the uncircumcised on the list of people who can't join in for Korban Pesach. Aye, but it didn't say they're specifically an uncircumcised. It's just an inclusion that we are, only certain people can come. So maybe we're including the mourner, uh, that he can't come. We're excluding a, um, a person uh, without a bris, and we're not excluding a mourner. Maybe um, uh, maybe we're not excluding the uncircumcised. The Morris says it says ish ish. So umay royas. How do we know what to include and what to exclude? So this is similar to what we said yesterday. Mistavra, uh, we're just saying in the Rebbe Kiva. Arelus riboy. If we're going to exclude anybody, let's exclude the uncircumcised. Shukain, meisim krusim David. Those are all ways in which we are. Uh, not forgiving on somebody that's not part of the bris. It's interesting, you know, there's a big secular group called B'nai Brith. You know, like, even they get it, you've got to be a member of the covenant. I, I don't know if they have an actual bris requirement, but that they're, they're correct that that's an important thing. Um, what do those initials stand for? Mechusr Maisa. There needs to be an action to, to have the bris done. Well, begufo, and it's on his body. Onish Kares, and he gets cut off if he doesn't do it. Even before the Torah was given, all the way back to Avram Avinu, we had the bris mila. And the members of his household have to have the bris. So if you're going to tell me something's important, I'll tell you that the bris is pretty important. So the Lord said, We should add a nidus to this. Because it can happen at any time, and it doesn't differentiate between men and women. And you can't fix it. Uh, the bottom line is, as we had before, uh, if you're going to fight, if you're going to argue the two, it, it, it seems to be somebody who doesn't have a bris is more significant, uh, more likely to be not included. Um, it's an invisible uh, type of thing, but we believe spiritually a person without a bris is, uh, is, is, uh, is, uh, is, um, a bris is like a covering. It's like he's not open for business, so to speak. He's like, um, 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 yeah, but okay. Rabbi, it, it, mm-hmm. 
the the one that's a child that does a piku nefesh, when they grow up, do they end up getting having any bris? Um, it, it it just depends. It, um, some of them never get over it, meaning their really? whole life their blood doesn't clot. Right? You know that's the, uh, and then some of that when they get older their body heals. I, I think it probably yeah. depends. Uh, they'll probably know because they get cuts and things, and they you know right. whether or not the. Uh, I think the, the vulnerability goes away as you get older, so that you. you so know, there was a favor that. Hemophilia. That, that can, you know, yeah, but don't that they know? That doesn't necessarily go away. I know, but, but as long as they're aware, this awareness of it, surely they would. Dangerous. That's the question: is is where's the where where do you draw that line? How do they the dangerous side of it versus. I wonder if it's easier to band-aid at certain parts of the body too. In other words, yeah. in the, in the, it's, uh, that's not an easy spot to uh, uh, to cover. Mm. Uh, but I don't know. Rebbe says, "Below Hanukkah he says, "Even if it wasn't, because Bris has more uh, things." Good morning, Doctor Yaffe. Are you joining us from Eretz Israel? Oh, I, I can't hear you. But anyway, good to see you there, wherever you're at. Okay, so. Uh, Oh wow! Okay, that's incredible. Wow. Okay. Three o'clock. Oh. I see. Beautiful. Well, it's good to have somebody from the. It's a hard time for me. I like I I never can can get my day together so that I so I can I can be at this year. But anyway, I'm trying. Uh huh. Gavaldik. Okay. We're in the middle of seventy one A, and we're international. We've gone live in in, but we're in Hashem's palace now too. So that's very good. Um, Rabbi says, below Even without the fact that bris mila has so many ways and areas of halacha where we insist on it, lo matzi amris, because omikra, we still uh, would not have um, excluded it because it says, ish, ish, ish. What, what thing is it that only applies to a man? And women have a mitzvah of Korban Pesach also, but it emphasizes the man thing. So what is it that's a man thing and not a woman thing? So if it's telling you there's something about men have an exit, so the only thing that men have that women don't is they have the circumcision issue. Women don't have that. Okay. So um, again, we are in full drusha mode. We have unanswered questions of different things. So the uh, Gemara's question now is, Rebbe Kiva, what does he do uh, with the extra mention of the, uh, uh, the servants that a person has um, whether they need a bris or not, and whether that holds you up. So what does he use that to teach you? He says that comes to include a rabbi moel, that if you have a, a, an Arab who has a bris, and the amazing thing is that the Arabs today still have brisim, you know, they still circumcise themselves. The givoni moel, that they, um, you might have thought they could join you for the Pesach, uh, but even though they got the bris, they don't got the bris. Um, that's the, that's what we want to include. So uh, so these, even though there may be, you can in order to join in Korban Pesach, you have to have a bris. And even though they tell you, don't worry, we have a bris, we can't accept them. So the Morris says, "Honey, Molin, what do you mean they have a bris? I but tonight, didn't we learn the following? If a person takes an oath and says, I'm never benefiting from those uncircumcised goyim anymore, he's permitted in a Jew who's uncircumcised, and a non-Jew who's circumcised is still considered uncircumcised. 
if he says, I'm not benefiting from those that have a bris, mutir b'mola over kakavim. Non-Jews are, are, let's say he said, I'm not benefiting from any of those Jews who have brisim, <laughs> or any, anybody who has a bris. A non-Jew is not considered having a bris. A bris is not just the physical cutting of that, of that uh, it's, it's a spiritual thing. So uh, if that's true, that it's a spiritual thing, so of course I would not think to include an Arab in our Seder. Why would I want an Arab in the Seder? So the more it says, the Mila has to include bris. Right, that's right. So, so the more it says, you know what is coming to include? If you have a convert that already had the bris Mila but didn't dunk yet. We mentioned sometimes that uh, they would actually wait after the bris Mila because it wasn't a good idea to get that area wet until it's fully healed. So sometimes they, they have the bris first and they didn't dunk yet, but they want to go to the Seder. Uh, they, uh, they can't join in. So that's what it's coming to include. Or, cut Or if you had a baby who was born with a bris already, but he was born, he, he was born missing that, uh, you know, the foreskin, but he didn't have a bris. He still needs the drop of blood. That's the, uh, in order to be a bris, there needs to be a, a drop of blood that comes out from that area for the sake of a bris. Lazar is consistent because he holds, if, as long as the gear has the, has the bris, even if he didn't dunk, he's considered 100%. And he holds, they don't need a bris. So he doesn't need the Pasuk for that. What does he do with, it says man. I thought we said man comes to exclude the thing that's only in a man. He just would say that that's a, a, a flowery language. It's the way people speak. A man, a man. Next question. Uh, this is an interesting question. What if you have a baby that didn't have a bris yet, but it's not the eighth day. It's not, in other words, it's before bris time. He's not allowed to have a bris yet. And it's, and, and, and it's uh, Well, no. So, uh, well, Pesach, he's not going to eat the, he's not a shawarma eater yet. He doesn't have the teeth. All right. <laughs> so, but, uh, but he could eat truma. Now, he doesn't, he can't eat truma, but uh, you could use diaper cream that's made out of truma. They used to rub, you know, uh, so can you can he benefit? He's a little Cohen, and they want to smear the truma oil on his. Uh, um, uh, mommy was eating truma, and mommy's milk. Yeah. yeah, it's not the same. Mommy's milk's not truma milk. I, I don't think so. I think she's yeah. allowed to. Um, yeah, right. So, uh, so that is the question. Cut and oral. This baby that's born uncircumcised. Mahu lesok b'shem and shol truma. So do you say uncircumcised Shalo Bismano, he's he's still uncircumcised. Uh, so does it hold him back or lomak for is it not a problem? That is the question. There, let's see the Rashi over here. Cut and oral. It's it's on a little bit higher than the middle. Cut and oral a minor who's uncertain Tokshmona within eight days. Now Rashi has a different question. Who said that you, uh, we know that a non-Kohen can't eat truma, but what about shmir? Is that the same? Why, why are we asking, can the uh, uncircumcised get the shmir? He's not eating the truma. He's just using it for the diaper cream or whatever. He's looking at benefit versus right. eating. So he, Rashi brings down the kaimalon, the sicha kishtiya, that shmiring is like drinking. 
So guess what? If you're not a Kohen, you better not smear truma oil, right? Because we, we say that uh, the oil, getting the oil is like drinking. It's a pasuk. That it's like the oil in your bones. They used to do this. This hot oil massage or oil massage is, is actually an ancient thing. It's not a. Um, they the ancients used to have that oil. They're putting. A, they felt some kind of benefit by putting oil into one's, in their skin or something. Or the, to me, I'm not excited about it. I've never had that happen. But I'm not. Uh, but the ancients, they would smear oil. So, but any rate, so can you do that to the baby with truma oil? Um, but the baby didn't have a bris, even if he's a Kohen. Could you smear him with truma oil or not before the eighth day? Is he considered uncircumcised? And therefore, anybody uncircumcised isn't fit to eat Hashem's truma or use Hashem's truma. Or do we say, no, it's too early. he's too early. He's not considered uncircumcised at that point. So that's the question. Now let's see what we can prove. Tashma, Amar of Zerah Tashma, Ainli, Elamidus Lachar Bishastasiyah. I only know that uh, you have to um, have your servants brisked when you're doing the Corbin Pesach. This Asiya is when you're getting the Corbin Pesach ready. That's what the word means. Uh, the, uh, when, it, it, when you shek the Corbin Pesach, you've got to make sure everybody there is uh, brisked. What about uh, uh, when you shefted it, it wasn't an issue. It's only an issue now uh, when it's time to eat. So, uh, how do you know you still got to do the brisk check at the Seder itself? So, that, we say in both times, the whole, the, for the shafting and for the eating, everybody better have the brisk. So, so now the Morris says, well, wait a second here. How could it be that there wasn't a brisk issue earlier when they shacked to the Korban Pesach, and then that night, there is a bris issue. What's the case? So if it's, we're talking about servants, so what happened was uh, your wife was getting nervous. She had too many guests and said, why don't you pick up a servant on the way back from, you know, go to the market, run off to Kroger's and get another servant for the Seder tonight. So you went and you picked up the servant. So he wasn't there when you checked to the corn Pesach. So you didn't have to see if he had a bris or not. But you picked up another servant on the way, you know, on the way after breakfast on the Arab Pesach, you decided to get another slave to help. And the, he, so he wasn't there earlier, he's there later. The Isnu Bashasakila, the less the Bashas. He wasn't part of the Manuya when you shaft. You have to have people, you know, when you shaft up were invited already, I think. The Isnu Bashasakila, less than Bashasasia. Kagom You bought him in between. So you're asking, is he allowed to eat? It could be he's not allowed to eat, but the, the, we're asking a different question. You shouldn't be allowed to eat because you don't have all your family members, um, the entire household, the entire household uh, brist. Is he even qualified? So oh, you, right. right. So I think you might be right. It might be we're not going to let him eat because he didn't have a reservation. But he's just a waiter anyways. We don't, you're not gonna, but the question is, maybe that should stop you from eating. So we're saying... Uh, so that's why we need the Pasuk to tell you everybody, uh, even if you went to the store and picked up a servant uh, in between, you know, after the Shikita of Korban Pesach, but before the evening when you're eating it, you still need to make sure that everybody in your household has a bris. But what about uh, the Elah Zachor of the Isna B'Shas Sachila, V'Lesna B'Shas 
but your babies, your male members of your household, how could it be that they had a bris in the morning and it wasn't an issue and they didn't have a bris at the Seder? How are you going to come up with that case? Well, it's not that they had a bris in the morning. In the morning, when you shechted Korn Pesach, the Kohen said, are, are you ready? Does every member of your house have a bris? Yes, you can go, we'll do the Korn Pesach for you. And then at night, when you come to the Seder, and you, uh, somebody says, has everybody had a bris? Well, what do you mean? You had, how is it possible that you passed the test during the, the Asiya, the, the Korn Pesach, but at night there's somebody who didn't have a bris? So now the Gemara needs to be creative. So the Gemara said, what's the big deal? Your wife gave birth after the Korn Pesach was brought, but before the Seder. And what do you see? And even though it's before eight days, we're saying that that's a problem. So that's the proof the Gemara wants. So the Gemara says, is that logical? He's not eligible. He's less than eight days. So we thought that was the proof, but it's not logical. Uh, we're not going to let you have corn pesa because you have a baby who's one day old? Uh, yeah, so it's uh, right. It, that, shouldn't, that shouldn't invalidate you from bringing the corn pesa. So the said, how He said, the case is kigon um, The baby was born and he wasn't feeling well and the bris got pushed off. So uh, the most famous reason to push, push off a bris is a fever. That means he has a fever. And we're, we're, fevers, the Chazal knew that fevers were dangerous. So it's after know. the eight days, then, is what they're saying. Correct. That's right. Uh, but it, no, no. So in the morning, in the morning, he still had the doctor's note. But the doctor's note expired in the afternoon. In other words, he, he was, you have to wait until the fever heals. Like he had a fever when he was, Venesiv Lo Kol Shiva, and they. Mm hmm. But you said, how's this baby? Um, well, now it's after eight days. We thought the case was it was within the eight, and so we said, well, that it's not his fault. Of course, that shouldn't be a problem. Our answer is it was after eight, but he, uh, he originally, when it came time for the bris, had a fever, and he, he got a doctor's note. Um, and so, and the doctor's note expired. Yeah, and so... Uh, what a case. The doctor's note is the afternoon, and it's, it's the, so to speak, the doctor's note expires in the afternoon. Right, something like that. Yeah, well, that would be the case. I mean, um, it's, the, the kid is eligible now, and that's what for whatever done. reason, they, they didn't, they didn't have yeah. the opportunity. Yeah. So the Gemara says, wait a second here. Um, at first, the Gemara thought that he had a fever in the morning uh, at the time of the Corbin Pesach, so we didn't give him a bris then, and then the fever... By the time the evening came around, the fever was better. Towards the so more so an of Well, we give a baby a week to get better. That we push off a bris for a whole week. Once a baby's sick, we give him time to heal. So then the more says, uh, no, the case is. Uh, so we're talking a week later. When we say a week later, so why shouldn't he need a bris in the morning? So the more answer is. Um, the way the doctor's note worked, you need seven days from the time that the fever stopped, which would be in the middle of the day. So in the morning, he still wasn't eligible. And that's, 
So that seven days beyond that is lining up with Pesach. That's right. That's yeah, yes, how it is. I Vatani Ludoi. Didn't we learn from the Jew from Lud? Lud was the the yeah. Uh, I think they have an airport in Lud, right? That's the Tani Ludoi, the Jew from Lud. Yom of Rasta Kiyom Odoso. It's like the day of birth. My, what does that mean? My love, my Yom Odoso. Just like the day of birth, it doesn't have to be a bris. Doesn't have to be seven twenty-four hour days. It's really the seventh day. Be'inin Meis Leis. Av Yom Also, the day of the healing. Lo Be'inin Meis Leis. You shouldn't have the doctor's note shouldn't expire. In the, in the middle of the day, once you wait a whole week, you should be able to have the bris first thing in the morning. In other words, we're asking a question. We said that the reason that, the, that we're looking for a case where it wasn't a problem during the morning of the baby not having a bris, but it would be a problem later. And the way we came up with it was that the baby had been, uh, at the time of his bris, had been sick with a fever, and the fever got better, we said, wait a week. And the uh, the time of the... the um, the fever got better in the middle of the day, and the full week means that he'll be healed in the middle of the day. But our question is, how do you count the week? It should be that just like the initial bris isn't seven full days, you can have the bris on the seventh day in the morning, so too the, the waiting the week after the fever should be uh, first thing in the morning. You shouldn't have to wait the whole, you don't need a full 24 hours. Af Yom Havraso, the day of his getting better, the day of his briut, the day of the brit, um, this word briut means his getting better, lo be'inin, you shouldn't have to have a full day. So Lumar said, lo, no, it's not true. Adif yom avraso, it's stronger the day of his healing, mi yom than the day of birth. Ilu yom if we're counting from the seven days, the eighth day from he was born, lo be'inin meisleis. You know, if he was born in the afternoon, he could still have his bris eight days later in the morning. When it comes to the week of healing, it's got to be a full seven days um, from seven 24-hour periods. And so therefore, in the morning, he was not allowed to have his bris because it wasn't a full 24 hours. In the afternoon or towards the evening, he would have needed the bris. That's one answer. Repapa says uh, a different answer. The baby had an eye infection. His eyes were bothering him. This stuff and it got better. In other words, they went to give him a bris, and his eyes were leaking pus or something, or they were, you know, they were, the moil said, "I'm not giving this baby a bris," and then it got better. So he's differentiating between a fever and infection. an eye infection. That's right. Uh, the, apparently, you don't get a week for the eye infection. Oh, that's <laughs> um, But you won't actually give him a bris. So what is he doing with the first? First few days of, of the week de- delay from the infection. Then he's saying this happened sooner to the day that he could have. Been right. So they were getting ready to give him a bris, and he noticed that his eyes were given a trouble. So he said, "Let's not do the bris now." On, on time. Uh, on time. Right. Oh, I I see, see. I see. Rabbi, he has again. Each each rabbi was trying was trying to come up with their own answer. Uh, so he, I don't know. Sometimes you wonder, do they not like the other answer, or no? They just each one had their own answer. So his answer was Kigonsha Avi Imakvushim He said uh, the parents were uh, locked up, and they didn't get out till the afternoon. So that's why they, yeah, that's right. They were they, they couldn't arrange the bris. He says Kigon Tumtum. The baby was born Tumtum. He was born, meaning we didn't know if it was a he or a she. Um, it, it was um, 
sometimes the male part is covered over. There's a there's skin over there, and uh, all of a sudden shenikra. And so in the morning there was no bris because we didn't know if it was a boy. There was nothing to give a bris to, but then it tore and it popped out, and it turned out he was a boy. And so then you need to take care of that before the seder. Benim says zachor beinu beini. That still happens these days. Uh, well, the doctors typically do quick surgery. They remove oh, those. Yeah, that's the. Um, and sometimes it's even deeper, and it has to wait till he's much older to to. Uh, then they do X-rays and they see what. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's the tumtum. Rishrabia Omar, we're coming up with all kinds of answers. Listen to this one. He says, "Kigon shahotzi rosho chutz The baby stuck his head out of the womb. Uh, um, uh, so we define birth as sticking the head out of the womb, but he wasn't fully born until later. So you can't really give him a bris when he's still in the womb. Uh, in fact, that part of the baby's body is still inside the mother, but the head popped out. And, seven days? Um, for seven days, yeah. So then the Gemara says... Umi chaye, could a baby live like that? <laughs> Once the head pops out, nifta kasosum benista papapsuach. He says, what's uh, uh, things that were closed until now open up, which means like the mouth, like the airways, they open up. And what was closed until now, uh, uh, what was closed opens and what's open closed. Now the baby lives from the air and the bloodstream of the mother. And uh, and the second he's born, he doesn't get any more from the bloodstream of the mother, and it opens up his own uh, lungs and his own uh, breathing. Shemolekain, and uh, if that wouldn't happen, he wouldn't be able to live. So our question here is if the baby uh, is born, uh, but he doesn't come out, how is he living? A baby can't survive like that. So more said, Really, the Gemara is asking if he's not fed, wouldn't he die? When it was once, it, if you uh, if you hear the baby's born, but he it's the uh, they again the, today they have uh, they do a C-section when the baby won't fit out. Sometimes the baby's in a position where he just naturally there's no way to he's too big he's he's stuck in the birth canal, and it was terrible. That's why mothers died because they would. Uh, the baby just wouldn't. They, sometimes the only option was to cut the baby up to pull him out in pieces, uh, or that's when they use those big tweezers or whatever, the, the forceps. Uh, but uh, the, in the old days, so this baby wasn't coming out, uh, but he was already born. So what basically seven days later, uh, or or eight days later, he was he's going to need a bris, but he's not fully out of the womb yet. To give him the bris. So on the morning of Erev Pesach, uh, you uh, when you shechted the korban Pesach, you didn't give him a bris because he was still in his mother's womb. But uh, in the afternoon, he finally popped out, and so he needs a bris before the seder. I he was just born. No, he was actually born a week ago, but he just was still attached. But the Gemara's question now is, uh, if he was still inside the womb, wouldn't he die of starvation? So Gemara said. Uh, no, he had a fever. There's an interesting rule that uh, a baby can die of starvation, but if they're in fever mode, they don't die of, of, uh, of starvation. Uh, fever mode is almost like a coma, a comatose kind of. They don't, 
uh, they don't use up as much energy. And so they can, uh, a child in a fever can last longer uh, without eating. So Gamora said, Ishtiman, who's got the fever? today. Uh, if it's the baby's fever, you've got to give him a week. Didn't we say if a baby has a fever, you're not going to get... If the baby just had a fever when he, uh, and he wasn't born, you know, he's coming out of the womb with a hot you know, fever, he doesn't have a normal temperature, then you won't give him a bris then. Either the mother had the fever. or That's only that a baby, you're afraid, will die if he doesn't eat, if he's not crying. He could live. So again, that's a, that's a, it sounds like a far-fetched, but he says in theory it could happen. We want to know, is it ever possible to have a baby that you couldn't give a bris in the morning and you could in the evening? And so we're dealing with that scenario where he hit the birth canal already but hadn't popped out. Uh, or again, maybe the doctors did an emergency uh, before Pesach started. They decided they better open, you know, uh, tear open the mother to get him out. But that, that would be the question. Um, next question. Omar we so basically we had a number of scenarios. So you can pick which one you like the best, but we had a number of options for where the baby couldn't have had the bris or didn't need the bris in the morning and did in the afternoon. Next question. Omar Abyo Mishum Rebana, Oral Mikabal Haza. so uh, what about a person who didn't have a bris yet, but he was tame? And tame uh, mace. He had he and he needed paraduma ashes sprinkled on him. So that's a seven-day process. So the bris, uh, he's too early to have the bris yet, but he needs to start purifying himself beforehand. But can you start being pure if when you get the, the paraduma ashes on you, you still have your uh, um, foreskin, you still have the, you're still uncircumcised? So can an oral be mekabel hazah? Can he get the spritz? Shekain Mitzina was saying, and he says, guess what? We find by our forefathers, uh, Shekibel Hazah, they started the purification process even though they were still a Raylan. And the idea is usually you can't purify yourself unless uh, the waters can touch your whole body. But if you, for example, if you went in the mikvah with your clothes on or whatever, or you, you had something covering a band-aid or something, you wouldn't be eligible to, to fully purify yourself. Over here, a person has this foreign piece of skin on him that needs to come off. So it doesn't count the fact that he got spritzed. That area wasn't included in the spritz. Or not. Is it good or not? So the more we have an example at the, our forefathers, they got spritzed first in the times of Yeshua. As it says, And when they came out, lo moli. They didn't yet have a bris. Now, why wouldn't the Jewish people have a bris? The answer is, when you're traveling, that's not a good time for surgery. The one thing people know is when they have a surger- surgery, they're told to stay put. That's the best advice, right? So, Mishum Choshed Orcha. And so, since they were traveling, they actually didn't have brisim in the desert. So, Hazos, Amosai Ovid. And when did they start the Spritz process? Lav Kishen Arelim. They must have started when they had uh, earlier. So, you see that you can start the, uh, the Spritz even though you still have your, uh, your uh, you're not circumcised yet. So, the Mora says, Vidimala Ovid Pesachlau. So who said that they got the spritz and who said that they had a Korban Pesach? Maybe they were exempt. Maybe really you can't get pure unless you had a bris. 
And since they couldn't have a bris because they were traveling, maybe they just didn't bring Korban Pesach. Because No, it says they brought the Pesach. Maybe they, uh, maybe they, they didn't need the spritz. There's a rule: if everybody's tame, it's okay. Really, if you need to get pure, you got to have the bris first before you can get pure. Eyes. What did they do? The answer is maybe everybody was tame. No, we learned clearly that they could get the spritz even uh, before the bris. So we're on the subject of bris. Uh, there is a little bit of a debate um, about, there's two parts to the bris. Most people, you know, when you're little, they tell you not to look, and so your whole life you probably don't look. Uh, uh, some people, they don't feel it's spiritual to look also, so it's not, you don't have to look at the bris. But so you know, some people never really know what takes place at the bris. So there's actually, um, they don't usually pause and say, this is, you know, give you a, uh, but it's a play by play, right? But it's actually a two-step process. And actually the way some Moalim do it, it's like one step. Uh, they do it all at once. But there's an outer layer and an inner layer of the bris. There's, they remove, there's like the outer layer, which is, they, they, they cut that. Uh, and then there's a membrane underneath. And that, so the question is, do, is a person uncircumcised, does he need to remove both parts, the outer and the inner? So that's called, so Omar Rabbi Bar Yisrael, Omar Rav, lo nitna prius mila la Avravinu. When Avravinu had his bris, they didn't yet require the inner layer to be removed. The outer layer was sufficient. This, at the, when they came into Eretz Yisrael, we needed that extra layer of protection removed. That was the final impediment to full holiness that that part of the bris was given. The Gemara says, so uh, what do you see? That uh, maybe, how do you know that it was an extra layer? Maybe it was just those who didn't yet have a bris. So what does it mean they got a rebris? Normally, once you cut it off, you can't cut off anything else. Maybe what happened was First, earlier, they just cut out the outer layer. Then, when they came into Eretz Yisrael, Yeshua said, from now on, you better cut both layers. el priya must be this other layer. my shenis, what does it mean the second time? To compare the two. Just like you got to cut off the first layer, you also have to cut off that second layer. Sometimes, they, the moil does a bad job and he leaves pieces. And what is that That's like a meaty part that's covering that area. You can't eat truma if that part is left on. It's on the upper part. That's, a, that's an imperfection, is what they're saying. Yes. Um, so um, let's just, uh, we're going to stop here, but let's take a look at the fourth tosos. We said that the uh, first brisim, they didn't require them to remove that inner membrane. Uh, but uh, again, the, the molim, they remove both. Uh, sometimes they do one with the knife. The inner membrane, they can remove with their fingers. They don't actually need the knife. It's like a softer on a baby. It's pretty soft. Uh, but let's see, the tosis has a question. Nitna Pris, Avramavino, originally they didn't do the whole thing. Umikamakam, Tosis is wondering, you mean Avram didn't have a whole bris? He just had 
the outer the outer part and not the inner part? So he says, no, Avram Avinu for sure did both. Um, he says that uh, there, there's an idea that Amravinu kept the Torah before it was given. And so uh, the reality is if you're doing it, I don't know, you'd have to ask the doctor if they would naturally remove that other layer as well or not. I believe they do, I think, because in other words, the, uh, it's like the underlying part of the outer layer. Uh, but he has a question, Lo nitna priyad, Yeshua, hey, how could we learn a bris milah? Um, uh, what he wants to say, it's halacha Moshe Misinat. But there is, this is this other part called the priya. Uh, you have the, uh, the, the, the second part. And again, the way I chose to explain it was that when we came into Eretz Yisrael, so we, uh, that there are certain uh, things that, uh, that keep us from reaching full holiness. And so one is this outer layer, and then even the inner layer, even, a, even that was, uh, was fully removed when we finally got to Eretz Yisrael.